What, what am I supposed to say? I've never listened to a podcast. You're listening to Big Wheel Coaching Podcast. You're, you're, you're listening to Big Wheel Coaching Podcast. Big podcast. Brian McCulloch here with Big Wheel Coaching. Hey, you're listening to Big Wheel Coaching Podcast. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another edition of the Big Wheel Coaching Podcast. As you know, I'm Brian McCulloch here, super excited for this particular episode because I have with us registered dietitian, creator of Snack Bar, personal friend of ours, Anka Teal. So stoked to talk about nutrition and cyclist with you today. Like this is a long time coming ever since you came to Camp Big Wheel. Uh, I just am so fired up with this. Thanks so much for making the time today. Absolutely. I'm super excited to be able to talk about all things that we have ready. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be exciting. So first things first to you, Anka, uh, and for everyone else listening, we're recording this on a Sunday and, uh, Anka can attest cause she's a small business owner too, but, uh, you know, we're always working and going the extra mile, but this Sunday is, is mother's day. So, um, happy mother's day to all the mothers, mothers out there and happy, happy mother's day to you, Anka. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes. Happy Mother's Day to everyone who's uh, dealt with this uh, challenge. <laughs> <laughs> Mother's Day is a little bit different this year, right? Like not as uh, well. You said you what was it? You're, you did a Zoom call with your mom, right? So you're, you're embracing technology, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Yes. We did a Zoom call with my mom and my sister. My daughter joined and then my sister has a couple of girls. So, yeah, we were all doing kind of a Zoom group call and able to see each other and have a good chat. Oh, I love that. Love that. Well, cool. Well, what we wanted to get into for everyone today is we wanted to get into nutrition for cyclists. And we're so thankful to have Anka here. She she is, if if I can gush about Anka for a moment, she is she started Snack Bar. She's an athlete herself. She's a mom. She is a, an entrepreneur, but she is just passionate, passionate, passionate about food. And thinking of it specifically as food as fuel. And so there's so much that I want to talk with her about and share with each of you, which is everything from nutrition for health, nutrition for cyclists, you know, boosting metabolism. Hey, disordered eating That's part of cycling, guys. We got to talk about it, you know, put it out in the open there. Some of us, you know, more than we'd like to admit have don't have the best relationship with food. So we're, there's so much I want to get into. So I, I won't belabor the point, but Anka makes her living as a registered dietitian, and she knows so much about all this, and she's such a caring, thoughtful woman and has an immense amount of knowledge, and we're so thankful that you also can overlay that as a cyclist and someone who's always pushing your limits and trying to be uh, and help everyone else, but also, uh, you know, be, be as fit as you can as well. So, Anka, is there anything that we need to add to this intro about Snack Bar or your, where you're you know, where you sit at the table and help, help kick this thing off. Uh, no, this is, this is great. It's been, um, an absolutely amazing adventure getting to where I am today. Um, I must say that I have a partner, Leon, who's actually helped me be able to make this, um, dream come true, I should say, um, with, uh, being the business entrepreneurial part, um, which I didn't have a lot of experience with. And so, you know, actually he branded the company, even though I developed the products and then we decided together to create the company. And so, you know, all of the health department and everything that goes into 
um, actually creating a facility of your own is um, extremely detailed and a lot of labor um, intensive work. So um, other than that, you know, um, I just, I love food, like you said, Brian, and I love to share the knowledge that I have to give people opportunity to um, improve their health and over, overall well-being um, while they can during fitness, during life and health in any way from adults, children, athletes, that encompasses everybody. So let's jump into that with snack bar. It's not, it's not like let's have a snack, right? I mean, it may sound like that, but it's <laughs> S-N-A-A-K and something that really kind of got me thinking, or you really changed and shifted my mind is that a lot of the food that I eat is really just blah, right? Like I just put scramble eggs and oats and like, that's it. Right. And mm -hmm. it's just like when, when you get to be an endurance cyclist or you're going to big tours and this, that, the other, especially in foreign countries or, or, or other places, you don't want to risk anything. So, so like that, the, the enjoyment of food goes away and it really, you helped re-spark that for me with this whole snack bar thing that we got to enjoy at Camp Big Wheel because it was like, wow, now we're doing this, you know, 200 K ride. And we're enjoying the food along the way, like such an amazing, um, you know, bringing those two things together. So, so where did snack bar come from or what the S N A A K where it's not just about cycling, right? Well, no, I mean like, um, actually, you know, trying to figure out names for a company and, you know, being athletes, um, Leon having, you know, experience with racing in his past, you know, and so mountain biking and, and thinking about things. And, and he thought, what about snack standing for uh, it's an acronym which stands for sports nutrition athletes adults kids so all of our products can be consumed by anybody at any age um, a couple of our products do have um, you know like some matcha tea or some coffee organic coffee so you know those are caffeinated but um, all the rest of the products are 100% organic non-gmo gluten-free so you know proper for anybody but something that you can take with you. Mm, oh, I love that. Love that. Well, that's, I can, I can attest to it. Seamus has been a big fan of, uh, of those. Mm -hmm. And obviously joy, you know, it's got to taste good for joy to eat it. Right. Like she is my joy always talks about like ride food and she calls it space food. And she just is uh, done with that, you know, over the years she's just right. done with it. And so it's been, it's been really cool to have the the snack bars around. So, um, yeah. Well, okay. This delicious Anka. I know you work so hard on it. So, uh, getting into nutrition for cyclists, mm -hmm. I wanted to, I wanted to open up the just broad conversation and get it going about just our athletes. Everyone listening to this podcast has a job. They have family responsibilities. They've got stuff going on, right? And when we mm -hmm. think of our athletes, we, we get to, we get to talk to them as athletes. So some of them, they, their initial kind of stepping into our world and us stepping into theirs, they might not think of themselves as athletes, but I, I, I want them to feel that way because as an athlete, the fuel matters, the equipment matters, how you take care of your body matters. It's not just go smash a workout. And then the rest of the day is just, you know, eating donuts and ho-hos. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when we think about nutrition for cyclists, one thing I would like to leave everybody with today is starting to think about their nutrition as something that helps them live that athlete lifestyle, that active lifestyle, whatever moniker we want to put on it, 
how they can leave with that all the time, right? And you've kind of talked about this in our in our prep for this, where you talked about diet versus like long-term lifestyle changes. Mm-hmm. What is your vision for like nutrition for cyclists? What, you know, these people are busy people. How do you make it all happen? What is the mindset? Um, I think, you know, most importantly is um, like if, if your um, goals in fitness are, you know, um, to improve, to get stronger, to be faster. I mean, we all want those things. Um, I think it's really important to focus on what you're consuming because as we've said for years, you are what you eat. So, you know, most importantly, you need to eat whole foods like in their natural state, you know, of course, meats cooked, you know, vegetables prepared how you like. But I think the best way to be most successful with this is, you know, you have to do some planning. You have to, just like you plan for your rides, you know, and what you're going to bring with you and what you need to wear based on temperature, you know, same type of thing when it comes to nutrition. In order to stay on track, you know, you have to prepare ahead of time in order to have those meals ready for when you're hungry. Otherwise, the alternative choice is, like you said, you know, grab and go something, donuts at the office. And ultimately, that's not going to give you the energy that you need for that first per se, you know, afternoon workout because you're coming home from work and now you have time to ride. So, you know, planning your meals, making sure that you're eating whole foods, which are nutrient dense, and those will provide your body with the fuel that you need. So whole foods, like, there's a whole place, obviously, and we used to joke about with one of my Elevate teammates where he would just only shop at Whole Foods. So it's just there. Whenever you say Whole Foods, I just think of the, the store. But <laughs> when you think of Whole Foods, what is your thinking? Like, you know, are you are we trying to eat things more raw or are you just want us to go with unprocessed things? And what's the from the dietitian component? What, what's the break breakaway there? Like our French fries, a, a whole food, you know, it's, it's a potato. Right. Yeah, no, whole foods, meaning whole foods in their most natural state. So doesn't necessarily mean to be raw because you're not going to eat like raw beef and raw chicken, but you're going to purchase your chicken and you're either going to boil it or roast it versus buying pre-cooked chickens. Yes, it's faster, but it has more preservatives because you have to remember the process that the company went through in order to get it into that packaged form. And then until it actually gets home, to your home, it needs preservatives to be able to stay on that shelf. So whole foods, meaning fruits, vegetables, whole grains, legumes, nuts, seeds. Um, you know, you can do some dried fruits, those types of things. Um, nut milks and or dairy, if you use dairy, whole grains, um, whole wheat bread. So those are the types of foods versus processed. So like you're buying, even though um, they do make some <clears throat> processed, or I would say processed meals because they're frozen entrees, so they're pre-made. But like processed, anything that comes in a box or a package has to have some sort of preservative in it for it to be able to stay on that shelf until it actually comes home to you. So um, unlike, you know, frozen vegetables, those are usually flash frozen, frozen berries and fruits and those types of things. Those can be considered whole foods because they're still in their natural state. But once you start mixing things or having to rehydrate, I think that's where the, um, the processed part comes. And so that's less that your body actually gets to absorb from it. 
Okay, so then question for you then, just just down a quick little rabbit hole here. Sure. You said whole whole grain breads, right? Like mm-hmm, sometimes, mm-hmm. like, and this has been real recent, right? Like carbohydrates have been getting demonized. People are kind of going down the ketosis thing, mm-hmm. you right. know, this, that, the other, right? And so like, it's like no carbs, no breads, no this, that, the other. And you made an important distinction there because you said whole grain breads, Right. Mm-hmm. And like mm-hmm. when I grew up, we didn't have a lot of money and we like wonder bread was a thing, you know, we got like mm-hmm. iron kids bread, you know, it was a thing. Sure. And so now I look at it and I'm like, well, I wouldn't want to give that to Seamus. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but so can you talk through where kind of that's a sliding scale, right? Cause we said whole foods, but, but clearly whole grain bread is good for you. So, so mm-hmm. help, help me understand that and help, you know, where all that fits. I think like most important is reading the label. So learning to read the label and seeing what ingredients are actually in things that you're purchasing will really give you an understanding of what you're actually going to be consuming. So when you buy whole grain bread, like the first ingredient should be either whole wheat or millet or, you know, ground buckwheat, those types of things. Um, When you read a food label, the first ingredient is the most prominent thing in the ingredients. And then as it goes down lower and lower on the list, um, less and less of that, you know, the the items that are listed in that order is what's in the product. So you just want to make sure that you can understand, read, um, and have an understanding of what these foods are. Um, if there are words on there that you have no knowledge of what this actually means or you can't even pronounce it, then most likely it's some type of preservative or agent that's going to retard the fact of mold growth. Because when something's natural, of course, it's not going to stay stable for very long. So with breads, it's best to like refrigerate them right away. And then I usually just freeze a loaf and as you need your bread, you take a slice or two out of the freezer and you use it that way. So um, definitely read the ingredient label. Make sure you can understand what's on the ingredients before you purchase something. Wow. Uh, I don't know if everyone picked up on that, but when you just defined preservatives, like I, I, I have been like neutral on preservatives, right? But I've been like, oh, well, th- I should probably not have preservatives. Less preservatives is better. But mm-hmm. then when you just use the term, it's an agent to retard mold. So if you could define preservative as an agent to retard mold, I don't want anything to do with them anymore. Like that just sounds <laughs> awful. That sounds awful. Right. Like that's, that sounds like a chemical that I don't want to mess around with. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what, that's what a lot of the food companies do. They use a lot of things in order to sustain a, a sustain, excuse me, a shelf life. So. You know, if you want something that's going to stay, you know, stable for years, um, you know, in your earthquake pit, even you need to go through that every year because, you know, there's um, a shelf life on canned goods and that sort of thing. But, you know, overall, like high sodium, high sugar, those are th- natural preservatives that they used many years ago when we didn't have refrigerators and freezers. So, you know, you have to think about that aspect as well. I mean, There are some preservatives that you can naturally use, like cured salmon. You know, if you think about jelly, you know, most of the time it's 50% fruit, 50% sugar. So, you know, there's better ways to make jams yourself quickly using like chia seeds, ground fruit, and a little bit of maple syrup. And of course, it's not going to taste like a jarred type of 
preserve or spread, but you know what you're getting. You're getting whole foods in the sense of your fruits. And then chia seeds also give you omegas and hydration, but they also kind of gelatinize the product like you would with a jelly for it to stay together. A little bit of sweetness from some maple syrup. And there you have like your own homemade jam that you can eat within three to four days. Whoa. Okay. We might have to, we might have to get a, an Anka certified uh, recipe on that. That's awesome. Well, mm -hmm. one, th one thing I want to ask, and I think it's really important for, and we talked about this in our show prep, but um, our athletes that listen to this and everyone at home, they know like they're at their office and obviously it's different now with COVID and people are working from home and people are just spending a ton of screen time now, just zooming, zooming, zooming. Right. And sure. so at this period of time, I want everyone to still think of themselves as athletes, even when they're, whether you're at working from home and zooming or you're trying to brave this crazy new world where, you know, you're working with gloves or masks or, or wherever you're working, whatever you're working through but I want people to think about themselves as an athlete and they might be in a different place than some of their coworkers. And I think this is really important because, you know, when I used to work in the construction business, it was like, it was a thing. A vendor would come by and they'd drop donuts to everybody. And they were just like, Hey, it's Friday. Everyone eats donuts. Right. And, and, and I didn't want to be a snob and say, Hey guys, like this just isn't for me, but I I'll, I'll sit here and chat with you guys and enjoy the conversation or maybe I'll bring my own peanut butter and jelly or, or, or yogurt or whatever, right? Like, can you talk through that for our athletes to say, hey, when you're in your work setting, which I understand is changing, how should our athletes think of themselves? Because either they're doing early morning training sessions, they're doing afternoon training sessions, they've got, they're maybe planning for a big weekend ride or something like that. Can, can you talk through how they should think about their daily nutrition in a work setting? Yeah. Um, so ultimately it's, um, how do you want to feel and how do you want to perform? And you're going to be setting a great example. If you're, you know, say for example, working in an environment where you're using masks and gloves and you're actually working with people on an everyday basis, like we did before this whole thing. And so people look at you and they're like, wow, like he's eating uh, yogurt with some, you know, grain-free granola, you know, or he's eating an apple with some peanut butter, like that's a much better option than that donut, which yeah, might taste good, but it's not going to give you the fuel you need to ride this weekend. It's not going to make you feel good by the end of the day. And with a half, within a half an hour, your blood sugar is going to have dropped because you just had a minor high from the sugar. And so th there's really, it's, it's really just for fun, for enjoyment. And so, like you said, like, you don't have to feel uncomfortable or embarrassed. You just have to be confident with what you're doing and, and people will actually follow you and they'll like start seeing that they're feeling better because of what you, they've chosen, seeing that you choose that. And they, you know, they talk to you and they know that you're an athlete, that you're working out or you're going to go do a grand fondo this weekend. And so by just joining them, you're doing yourself a disservice, um, where, you know, I mean, there is a time and a place and if it's a, a birthday or a holiday celebration and you want to indulge in, you know, something, you know, that you wouldn't normally have, have some of it, you know, enjoy it. You know, it's not like it's just a treat, but a treat isn't a treat if you can have it every day. 
<laughs> Don't tell my wife. Oh no. Oh, oh, I have the perfect awesome. recipe for her actually. I know she loves her peanut oh. butter eggs and so I have the um, perfect healthy version of like Reese's peanut butter eggs or cups that I'll be making for her. Oh my gosh. You know, you made our you made our day, well, like our whole week cuz you know we had uh one of our athletes that listens to this podcast and a, and a great, very good friend of ours, Rob Chrisman, he kind of inspired me. He said like, Hey man, I eat apple pie oats every morning. So like I said earlier, I just was eating like scrambled eggs and oats and the thing mm-hmm. is very blah. Joy hates it. Right. And and then Rob was like, Hey man, add an apple in there and do all this stuff, whatever. And then you replied to that Instagram or Facebook. I can't remember where it was, but by offering this incredible recipe for homemade oats that you could just go into. And it was so like joy made it that night. And it was so delicious. Anka. Like, and we had it for a couple of days. It was just hanging out in the refrigerator. It was just fantastic. You know? Yeah, exactly. And those are the things like you want to look at when I talked about like meal prepping, it's like, you know, how can you make your life easy? So you can either do like a larger portion of oats in a Instapot, or you can bake oats in, in, um, you know, in a dish with like eggs and some milk, non-dairy and or dairy based, whichever you prefer with some fresh fruits. And then you cut it up and you have it. You can freeze it or you can take it to work with you. You have a snack and um, you can add a scoop of, you know, yogurt to it. And now it actually looks like a dessert, but it just tastes really good. And and you know that you're getting something that ultimately is going to make you feel good and provide you with fuel. You know, alternatively, you could eat the fun snack, which wouldn't be enjoyment in the moment, but won't give you any satisfaction and or, you know, positive nutrient benefit in the end. Oh, yeah, you're I know what you're saying all too well from anecdotal experience, right? Like you Mm -hmm. come home and, you know, I didn't fuel well on the bike. And so we did a big ride or whatever. And you come home and Seamus has opened up a sleeve of Fig Newtons and you know, those are single mm-hmm. serving sleeves. Like once the sleeves open, the whole thing's going to get eaten, right? Like it's just right, the way it's exactly. going to be. And I'm going to, and I'm going to eat them all. Right. So, uh, <laughs> that being said, it's, I think it's great. Cause I've never felt better. Like, like you said, I don't feel better eating all the fig newtons. It doesn't make me intrinsically feel better, but as we've been getting to know you more and being able to incorporate some of the things you're talking about, especially now, cause we have a little more time to, mm-hmm. to cook it's been great because now you enjoy the food, you put some energy into it to really enjoy it and love it. And, and, you know, again, I'm no chef and joy is, is not either. So we're, we're really working on that now, but it's been so delicious and you do feel better for that. And you can feel that day to day. So I, I think that's a big deal. Sure. You know, and, and you become comfortable with feeling good. And then when you go have that, you know, Hey, it's Friday, let's have burger and fries and, you know, a soda. And then like, you know, by the end of the day, you feel like you're dragging your feet. You're like, why do I feel like this? And you don't actually think like, um, it's because of my lunch. You're just like, why? And then like, if you actually put it together, it's really like, what is, what did that do? Yeah. It had some protein, but it had more of the cheese and the gluten from the bread and, you know, the processed spread that they put on there. And then the deep fried, you know, French fries, which I mean, I must say that French fries are my weakness, but you can make great <laughs> home fries. Like that's the one thing I love, but I only purchase them when we're on vacation. 
Like I don't yeah, ever I mean, go to a drive through or anything like that's, that's what makes it a treat. It's fun. It's like, Ooh, cool. I get to order fries, nice. but otherwise, you know, you know, you're, you're having fries and then you don't feel well versus, you know, slice some potatoes up and put them in an air fryer or in the oven with a little bit of avocado oil. And you've got some home fries, which are much healthier. Oh, Oh, we're going to have to, yeah, I'm going to have to write that down. Okay. Just switching gear just slightly, one of the yeah. things we talked about in in preparing for this that you really opened my eyes up to is when we talked about going through COVID and, and everyone starting to now be more aware of their immune system and mm-hmm. how you said something really interesting. You talked about how nutrition can enhance your immune system. And that's something that uh, maybe I could say some blanket statement like, oh, you just eat healthy, right? But but as a, as an RD, you know all the reasons behind why we should and what ingredients can influence our immune system in a positive way. Can you talk through that for us as athletes? What what do we need to be doing to eat to to make our immune system healthy right now? So like we spoke about, or like I touched on earlier about whole foods, like whole foods provide you with vitamins, minerals, phytonutrients, fiber, which keep your digestive tract working. So, so you gain so much from that. When you eat a processed product, a lot of those items have been either cooked out and no longer exist. And so you don't actually, if you look at like certain cereal boxes, it's like with added calcium, you know, it's like, so they had to take it out and process the whole thing. And then they're going to put it back in as a supplement versus actually being naturally derived from the product itself. So by eating whole foods, you're supporting your immune system. And then there's like specific foods that are supposedly helping improve the immune system, like eating raw garlic, or you can like, if you saute or cook some food, put the garlic in right at the last part of the cooking or steaming process. Um, Ginger helps boost the immune system and also helps with inflammation. Um, turmeric, once again, if you use turmeric in any kind of cooking, you always need to add a little bit of pepper because that actually allows you to absorb the curcurium. Curcurium? I'm not exactly sure how it's pronounced, oh, but curcumin? the benefit. Curcumin? curcumin, exactly. Um, okay. The way that it's absorbed into your body. So, you know, you're oh. getting antioxidants, you're getting vitamins and minerals. Um, anti-inflammatory agents by eating natural sources, which we talk about as whole foods. Okay. So let's go down this, this uh, anti-inflammatory component. Cause earlier mm-hmm. I took a note on what you said. You said we were talking about foods or, or oats and you were talking about things being grain free. And mm-hmm. I think those two pieces come together. Right. And so when we start thinking about athletes, specifically endurance athletes, runners, cyclists, I mean, you know, and swimmers, et cetera, but obviously mainly cyclists here is what we're, we're dealing with. Um, everyone has to have carbohydrates. Like you just, I mean, you just need to, right? Like mm-hmm, but when you're mm-hmm. endurance cycling, you just have to, right? And so that all of a sudden, that distinction of grain-free carbohydrates, that just adds a layer of like, well, what does that mean and why? So I, I think those two things are connected, right? Grain-free plus um, the inflammatory uh, reduction, right? Can you talk through that a little bit? Yeah. So, um, like there's grains of all sorts, oats, but 
you know, depending on oats, they can be gluten, like labeled gluten-free, but the majority of oats are gluten-free. Um, you know, there's sorghum, there's millet. So there's what they call pseudo grains. So they're grains that are without gluten, buckwheat, um, sourdough can be gluten sensitive for some people. So you don't actually have to have a sensitivity to gluten and gluten is the protein that's found in flour. And so, for example, when you make bread and you need bread, as you knead bread and you stretch it, you elasticize, it actually creates the bonding of the proteins to get longer. And that's what actually keeps bread together. So if you made bread with like coconut flour, it would fall apart because there's no elasticity there because there's no gluten in it. So normally when you make like gluten-free breads, they usually add either eggs, but if it's like an egg-free bread, then they add like psyllium, which helps stabilize and hold things together. So gluten, for some people, you don't have to be intolerant or have an allergy, but you may realize that when you eat it, you either get really sleepy or you have a headache or, and, and so for each person, it's different. So like you said, growing up and having the Wonder Bread, like that's straight gluten, but not knowing <laughs> that's what you grew up with, it may not have bothered you. But then over time, you're seeing that you're not really getting much energy from your lunch. And so, you know, when you do more of a gluten-free grain and or rice is gluten-free, corn is gluten-free, potatoes are gluten-free. There are a lot of alternatives that you can use in your meals, not having to be, you know, using bread all of the time. Got it. And so why is it uh, important for us as cyclists to have eat things and consume things that are anti-inflammatory? Right. Like it's not just for right. the gut. There's I, it kind of, well, I guess it'll come to the point at which it affects the gut. Right. I mean, what's, what's that all about? Yeah. So some people that are sensitive, like I said, have minor sensitivities like headaches and, and then people who have extreme sensitivities where they have severe fatigue or like GI discomfort or distress, those people have celiac disease and or other health issues. And so the inflammation actually just creates more challenging effects for your body to have to counter that. So like as cyclists, you're already putting your body in a state of inflammation as you are challenging yourself to work harder and work out. And so now you need to recover. So why wouldn't you eat something that your body can absorb the nutrients very easily versus creating additional inflammation that's going to make it even more so difficult to recover? Mm. Okay, so let me blend two things here together and see what your thoughts are. Because from a training perspective, um, there's like new and emerging research where it, it's like, hey, you you don't want to inhibit the uh, inflammation response. We're specifically mm -hmm. now talking about like post-workout, everyone was doing the ice bath, right? Like that's cultural right. if you're a soccer player or if you're a volleyball player or a football player, that's cultural. And some of that has come over to cycling. Uh, and so it's been like, Hey, let's have an ice bath. So obviously we're specifically talking about tissue swelling and that's obviously sure. somewhat different than what we're talking about. But is there a connection there when we think about anti-inflammatory, right? Old school thought was no, no, no. We want to inhibit that response. Let's ice it. Let's use rice, uh, like not rices in the food, but rest, ice, compression, uh, elevation, et cetera. Right. We wanted to use that concept to eliminate it. Whereas now you're start, you're bringing in this concept of, Hey, 
here's an opportunity for us to use diet to not put additional stress on the body or otherwise help the body work more effectively. Is that an okay way to, to, to talk about it or to think about it? How help me conceptualize that? Yeah, definitely. And, and I think like exactly what you said, the other part is, is like the inflammation can be in joints, which like a cycling, you're using your knees, you know? And, and so it's like when you have additional joint inflammation, then it's just going to make it more so uncomfortable and take more time to reduce and eliminate the pain. So by choosing foods that help, you know, you recover quicker, um, I think it's just, I think it's a personal choice, but like when you say like anti-inflammatory, you're taking like, okay, well, I rode really hard and my body's sore, so let me take like some type of anti-inflammatory um, drug, Yeah, you know, like- Aleve, uh, ibuprofen, Aleve, whatever. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, whatever so, it is. But that, that's only a temporary Band-Aid in order to make you feel better for tomorrow, but it's actually not helping your body recover the appropriate well, and way. That's not, and that's obviously not good for the stomach either, right? Like there's a limit right. there. I mean, oh, yeah. I, I can tell you right now, it one is. of my, uh, well, yeah, well, someone who's been on our podcast, a teammate of mine, Jordan Chain, you mm -hmm. know, he's dealing with it right now and he would be okay with me sharing with this, but like he got injured and then he had to take a bunch of painkillers, right? And obviously we're, he's extreme because he broke his ribs, but Ooh. the issue is now he has an ulcer because he took so much painkillers like, like, so it's inhibiting his training. So now you're talking about natural ways for us to avoid things like that, right? And, and right. obviously yes. that's a far stretch of what we're talking about. But really, basically, during training, we break our bodies down. So this nutrition component can be a way by eating anti-inflammatory foods that will help us recover better and use the body's natural processes to be better. Is that, is that an okay way to think about it? Yes. And prevent like future low grade chronic inflammation, you know? So like if you can eat something like, you know, fruits and or vegetables that help you recover quicker, why wouldn't you do that? Right. Versus like, I mean, of course, if you have an injury where you have broken something, you may need something more um, potent initially, but then to be able to actually choose that and see how your body adapts to and eating that type of diet, I would say, or way of eating, then um, consuming more processed products, because most of the processed products have some sort of gluten. Got it. Got it. Okay. So then I don't think it's a far bridge there to, to walk to get over to superfoods. And when we think about snack bars, the one thing that you kind of talked about with me about the benefit of snack bar is that you're always putting superfoods in this stuff. And, and I've heard that term before. and Again, you know, I'm going to just admit my own ignorance here, but like I've heard the term superfood before, but I, I, I mean, outside of Googling it right now and being able to read to you what it said, I would mm -hmm. love to hear from a registered dietitian's perspective and someone who's a cyclist, someone who's an athlete, why are superfoods important for us? What do we need to know about them? And are like, well, if it's a superfood, maybe I just need to eat it all the time, right? And so right. can we talk, kind of talk through that to where we can find a... A, a good balance for when we need them, why we need them, where they're great sources of them, all that stuff. Yeah. So superfoods are whole foods in their most natural unprocessed form. They are high 
nutrient density foods. So like also antioxidants, vitamins, minerals. And then they're also considered super quote unquote foods because they're said to have health benefits. Like they help lower cholesterol or prevent heart disease, can help with cancer. They can improve your mood like cacao, you know, which is what they make chocolate out of, you know. So by eating these kinds of foods, it can actually enhance your health, enhance your memory, prevent future disease, you know, give you antioxidant and anti-inflammatory benefits. So you can't really go wrong, um, yet they're not always like readily available at every grocery store, but the more you learn about them, the more they can actually benefit you. And that was like part of my goal when I was creating snack bars is like, you know, how can I make something that tastes really good that can pack everything at once because you're on the go and you might need it. Like you don't have time to eat breakfast so you can eat this. You know, you've got oats, you've got um, cacao nibs, you've got chia seeds, you've got hemp seeds, you've got organic nut butters, you know, all of these things that are only going to benefit you, keep you full, give you omegas. Um, and so they're only going to add versus just having a standard granola bar that you can buy in the grocery store. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, and that, that's usually laddened with a bunch of sugar and some chocolate chips. And, you know, chocolate is good as well. You know, cacao gives you energy. Um, it also has some different health properties that can boost your immune system. And, you know, I mean, caffeine, natural caffeine can also help in some ways, but then again, you want to limit that as well. So coconut. So there's just, there's so many things that you can do with superfoods. Um, you can eat them every day to enhance your performance. You can eat them, um, you know, you can buy them individually and, you know, sprinkle them in smoothies things that are higher in vitamin C in a powdered form that you would get versus like having to eat 10 oranges. You could use like a half a teaspoon of Kamu Kamu powder, you know, Baobab also, which is what we use in some of our products. Those are all raw and natural. Those are things you can add. So there's just, there's so many various things, but a superfood is something that you will actually gain more from than just, um, just like a standard apple, because there's a little bit more health benefit to it. Got it. Okay. So the first thing I thought of when you said health benefit was like all those Quaker oats that I, you know, like I always mm -hmm. buy the big thing from Costco. It says Quaker oats. It says like, it never said superfood on it, but it's like heart healthy. Like this is, this is going to lower your cholesterol. Right. And I was like, oh, okay. Right. So, so I mean, the like dumb question, does that make oats a superfood? Oats are a superfood, yes, and they're high in fiber, which is really good for you. So, um, yeah, definitely. Oh. And if okay. you look at our website, there is a list of all of the superfoods and the um, health benefits that each one adds to um, to your diet if you choose to consume it and how it can benefit you. Oh, where is that on the website? Because I think that's it's useful for people to check out. If you look at the ingredient page, um, it actually itemizes each product that we use, and then it actually tells you what it's good for, what it can help prevent. Um, once again, it, it's not like perfect for every single person because every person's body is different. But um, overall, like these are what they're said to have the benefits of health. Nothing is like set in stone. Got it. Got it. 
brief side note about the website. You guys just redid the website and it looks super good, Anka. I know you guys worked really hard on that and I'm sure Leon behind the scenes put like a lot of hours on that, but this thing looks great. This thing looks really we actually, good. We actually had somebody do it for us and he did an amazing job. Like he created, he created exactly what you want, what we wanted, excuse me. And, um, it's just, it's, it's a little bit more interactive. And when you go to the checkout, there's like a little cool, like vibe, this studio kind of, uh, cafe, which hopefully one day we'll have a little snack cafe. But I mean, I just, I love the whole part of it. It's, it's super exciting and I'm, I'm excited for everybody to go check it out. Cool. Cool. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll allude to it at the end. Um, sure. it's not right in front of me at the moment, but, mm -mm. uh, if you order your snack bars on there, there's a big wheel coaching discount. And I, I have it, I know I have it in the bottom of the, I think it's big wheel 20, isn't it? Yeah, BWC20, exactly. BWC20, okay. Off. Perfect, perfect. So anybody who's, you know, keep listening to the podcast, obviously don't order now, or maybe you should just order now while you're, while you're doing this, but that's cool. But yeah, so there we go. Kick that off. But, um, okay. Sorry, I got, got fired up about these superfoods and then the cool website, yada, yada, yada. But yeah, one of the things that I don't want to, uh, I, I don't want to stray too far from, and I want to make sure we, we touch on is GI mm -hmm. distress. Okay, mm -hmm. a lot of our athletes right now, we kind of have two two things going on in the Big Wheel camp. And that is like some people have more time on their hands and they're training like like maniacs, right? Like they're just training a ton, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. And we love that. So that's yes. creating different metabolic demands. And they've maybe never trained this much in their life. I was just talking to one of my athletes this week and he was like, I've literally never trained this much in my life. This is so awesome. Right. Awesome. But, but there's a whole, it's fantastic. Right. But there's a whole yeah. nother component of like, Hey, he has to change the way he eats, how much he's consuming, the way things are going. Like there, there are things behind the scenes that he needs to think about. And there's other folks that are maybe they're working more than ever, right? Whatever they're, mm -hmm. you know, they've been deemed essential to their job. And like some people that I'm really thinking of are in a hospital setting or, or in a finance setting or, or whatever. And they're like, man, we are all hands on deck. So I'm stuck to the trainer all week, you know, in the dark, and then I can go ride on the weekend. So we kind of have people either doing like some epic stuff and even mm -hmm. a lot during the week, or you have people that are really, really focused during, um, it, you know, indoor training, you know, this, that, the other, but they're also under a high amount of stress. So one thing right. I'm thinking about is GI distress from training or either in training. And one of the things you mentioned was like, we as athletes need to get our gut working for us. and um, that might be a whole nother podcast, but I at least want you to, to open it up to everyone to think about how nutrition and as the, the stress we put on our bodies as athletes, how do we get those two things to get our gut to work for us so that we don't have GI distress in training? Yeah. So, um, like your GI tract is, is the most important thing because that actually is what keeps you healthy. Like it, it keeps your microbiome balanced, like by taking probiotics or eating foods that have probiotics like kimchi. But the most important thing to understand when you're training is that with, inc with increased activity, you decrease your gut health in respect to it takes a backseat because your lungs and your heart are what's a priority now because you're working really hard. So like your lungs need to be able to breathe for you. Your heart has to keep pumping to move that blood around. So like your gut isn't getting any of that blood right now because it's going to the other parts of your body. So 
in order to stay hydrated, that's what keep your GI tract is what keeps you hydrated. So if you're not delivering nutrients to your body and fueling yourself from the appropriate healthy foods, you're going to have a harder time getting through your workouts and actually being able to recover adequately. So it's important that you consider what you're consuming. Um, And so like if you're thirsty, you've already gone past the point of dehydration. Like you, you need to be consuming before you're thirsty. And so it's really important to you know, drink adequately, make sure you're replenishing your electrolytes. If you are losing that many, of course, if you're working out that hard, you're sweating a lot. So, you know, coconut water post-workout is a great way to replenish electrolytes instead of just using a bunch of electrolyte type powders. Um, that's a natural way to do it. Um, there are also various ways, um, that people consume foods while they're training. So now if you're training that much harder, now is the time to learn and teach your body to train with food versus just um, liquids. Like there are a lot of like carbohydrate-based beverages and or protein-carbohydrate combo. So you want to make sure that you're like avoiding carbohydrate-based drinks that are greater than 3 three to 4% carbohydrates because those definitely have a negative impact on your GI in respect in in respect to osmolality. So osmolality, like osmosis, like going from high concentration to low concentration, it actually really plays a a big role in your gut with cramping and discomfort. And so it's really important to just make sure that you're eating adequately, which will fuel your body and give you the right vitamins and minerals to stay balanced. So I think it's it's important to train your gut the way you train your muscles, the way you're riding, the way you're working out. So if you're training your gut that way and you're eating in small amounts, you're eating a half an hour to 45 minutes before you get on the bike and you're having something that's got a little bit of protein for the amino acids. And then you've got your carbohydrates. That's going to give you some energy. You know, of course, glycogen is stored in the muscles, but you only have so much glycogen once that's used. And so by fueling yourself as you're working out with real foods, you'll continue to replenish that and be able to have like more consistent energy output by still using your gut. Does that make sense or is that, that is too much lovely. in one mouthful? <laughs> no, no, that's fantastic. Because one of the things that I'm thinking about both as a coach and an athlete is that I'm thinking about people that are doing gravel and mountain bike endurance races and things like that. You know, when you're doing road events, it's very easy to reach into your pockets and have food and this, that, the other. I shouldn't say very easy. It's, it's more convenient because you're not bouncing mm-hmm. all around. But when you're doing gravel or you're doing mountain or something like that, like that's where these gels and, and like you said, high carbohydrate mix bottles and this, that have really taken a lot of, they've really taken off and people are, you know, I'm thinking sure. of like Carbo Pro or, or whatever. There's a bunch of products out there that are like, mm-hmm. here, get all of your calories in the bottle. And I've had a lot of athletes that are really, really good that they like that. They like that. And I don't want to poo poo that, but something that, 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 You've said, Dr. Stacey Sims have said, and other people are saying like, hey, nutrition in the pockets, hydration in the bottles, right? And and so just adding my anecdotal piece here as a coach, but also as an athlete is that it's like, if you're consuming a 300 calorie bottle, and now all of a sudden we're here in Southern California and it's getting hotter, or maybe you're in the Midwest and it's getting humid, 
your sweat rate goes through the roof. So you're going to drink more. You're going to drink more to counteract that. Well, now all of a sudden your gut is being flooded with all of these calories. Then it, there's that's the GI distress, at least as I understand it mm-hmm. from a coaching element. Is that is that a fair assessment? Yeah, and you can't metabolize that much. So if you have that concentrated substance, you're still sweating because you're working really hard. So dehydration decreases gastric emptying. So then you'll start drinking water because your bottle that had your, um, you know, carb mix in it is now empty. And now you feel so full as you're trying to ride because you can't actually process that water because your gastric emptying has slowed because of your dehydration. So like, um, like you quoted Stacy Sims, like, yes, you know, wa- hydration in the bottle, some electrolytes, but most definitely the food needs to be in the pocket or, you know, some sort of whole food form that will give you that fuel to keep working off of. And you said it's trainable. And that's the thing that I remember. So when we were at the uh, Training Peaks Endurance Coaching Summit, we sat through a, a number of great seminars. But one of them that I'm really thinking of was this gentleman was was really, really harping on the idea that training our gut, it's a, just like you said, you said, train the muscles, train your gut. And that's really mm-hmm. important, right? Because so people maybe normally when they start out, maybe right now you're a really well-developed cyclist, but your gut might be undeveloped. So the idea you can only absorb 150, 200 calories for numbers of, of food. Well, if you say per hour, that's, I should, I should clarify mm-hmm. everything. There's a time element, right? But if you're right. a, you know, six foot tall, 200 pound man that's climbing or 180 pound man and you're, you're climbing up to a big climb and it's an hour long climb, 200 calories an hour is not going to get it done. You're going to be doing 800 calories an hour. So you see there's a delta there that doesn't make sense, right? So that's where mm-hmm. we have to train the gut to be able to absorb more. And back to that, that endurance coaching summit, that was what the gentleman was saying is that you can push that to 250, 350, even 400. He was saying he had some athletes that were Ironman triathletes that they'd seen a proper absorption. They'd measured it, that they were seeing as much as 400 plus calories absorbed per hour, but it took time. And, And one thing I've noticed, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that, but also really like it, I just, my anecdotal piece, I found that when I eat real food, specifically the snack, the snack bars are delicious it makes it so much easier to eat more of those calories rather than trying to drink them. You know what I mean? Right. So I, I don't Definitely. know if any of that really makes sense. Well, the sugar concentration in the, the beverages makes it like where it almost becomes nauseating and then you, you actually yes. aren't metabolizing anything. So if, if you're eating, like going back to the beginning, if you're eating the whole foods, your body is nutrient dense with all of the food that you've been consuming all week. And now you're doing your 200 K ride. Like you've got reserves in your body on top of some of your glycogen. You've been training now, especially being home training or or the additional time you have due to this whole epidemic that we're dealing with. Um, you know, now's the time to start doing the things because whatever you would do in your long training rides, you should do while you're racing. And it's the same thing. It's like feeling, yeah, you won't have the probably time because of the maybe intensity of the race, but like there's ways to be able to make them, um, in smaller forms to consume them. And, you know, training your gut, like you said, like, that's the most important part. It doesn't always feel good in the beginning, but, you know, 
you'll see what feels good. Maybe eat a little less of it. Maybe eat it every 20 minutes, a bite versus, you know, a whole bar at one time and see what, what your body is willing to accept and work for. We've been recommending for folks to start breaking it into 30 minute blocks, right? So mm -hmm. let's just say you're going to, you're going to get a snack bar. The snack bar is 300 calories or it's 250 calories, but whatever you're mm -hmm. going to get energy bar, you know, eat half of it at half an hour. Right. And then right. eat half of it an hour. If you're going to go on. And again, remember everyone, we're talking about going out on your big weekend ride. If you're doing a two hour ride, you know, during the week or training session or something like that, this is going to be a little bit different, but in the same, this strategy is useful for any ride, right? And then breaking it across into smaller doses makes it much easier for you to maintain a high level of intensity, which as your coach, you know, we're like, hey, we want that, right? We want that intensity to be really high quality. We want that intensity to be really potent. And you have to feed the beast. You can't just go willy-nilly after this thing. You really have to focus and be purposeful. And that's where, like you said, Anko, like, okay, I'm going to eat half of this or whatever that is. But sample with that. It's not just like, well, I opened the package. I got to down this whole thing. And like you said, then I chug a bunch of water or whatever. But mm -hmm. I, I think that was really interesting to understand that gastric emptying concept as we dehydrate because mm -hmm. you're actually becoming, well, you I felt that nausea and I've talked to other athletes who have felt that nausea and they're like, you no longer want to eat anything. You no longer want to absorb anything because you just feel full and you're not putting out any power. You just feel like you're just wallowing around. And that's, that's never any fun when you're trying to perform, whether it's a Grand Fondo or just a big training ride. Right. And, and when you're using your gut, you know, if you're having foods that have some fats, a little bit of protein, more carbs, you know, you're breaking them down slower. So you're giving yourself like a consistent type of energy versus like, when you do, for example, a gel or a really sweet drink, like it's going to give you a punch, but then that's going to like peer out. And then like, well, then what do you have? And then trying to eat with that, you've already taxed yourself. And, and so food doesn't sound so good. And, and so it's just learning that, like we said, training and learning the method that works best for you, but truly eating the foods itself is what's going to do it in the end. So eating early, eating often is good. And I know we say it, we give that a lot of lip service. Like some of those words have been mouthed a lot, or I've certainly mouthed them a lot, but, but mm -hmm. it's really, it takes discipline. So for everyone at home listening, you know, I want you to take from this podcast that, that, you know, it's not, uh, I used to have this teammate that would just be like, he'd be like, eating is cheating, you know, like that's an old cycling thing. Right. But, uh, but then they would also say like, no food, no fat, right? Like you don't eat food, you don't get fat, right? That was the idea. And it's right. just like, oh, it was such a bad, like it was just bad on all all levels. But but what I want everyone to take away from this is like, this is a really good thing to eat early and eat often. And just something as simple as that can impact you in such a powerful way so that you have a really, really good quality workout. And And some of that is counterintuitive to what the culture of cycling has been over the years where you know, in cycling, it's, you know, it's a power to weight ratio sport. So everyone's trying to be as lean as they can or as small as they can. And then all of a sudden we start getting into some of these unhealthy relationships with food or otherwise like things that aren't serving us. And the thing that I love about what you're putting out there is like how, how food can, can serve us off the bike and on the bike. And I think that's just so powerful. I'm really, really thankful you're taking the time to, to do this. One thing that kind of comes to my mind is like for our athletes that are training in the morning, 
Okay. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. there's a lot of there's a lot of like, well, should I should I caffeinate my way into a good workout? What's wrong with that, right? If I got to get up at four o'clock in the morning to do my hour and a half trainer session, do I do it fasted? Do I do what? What it, can you talk through that from a nutritionist standpoint and what you want to see us do so that we can perform the best? So yeah, of course, caffeine. Um, a lot of us do caffeine on a daily basis in the morning, a cup of tea or a cup of coffee. But then your your body begins to adapt to that, and then you need more. So like caffeine blocks brain certain receptors in your brain, which increase you know um, dopamine and effect ephedrine or epinephrine, excuse me. And so that's what you have. The result of those two is adrenaline. So that eventually becomes desensitized. And then you need to try to keep getting more instead of actually training your body naturally. Yes, you can use caffeine as a boost occasionally, but you need the carbohydrates for fuel. So in the morning, when you wake up, you're already in a fasted state. So it's important to actually like turn your metabolism on. And by turning your metabolism on, if you consume food, that's what happens. Every time you eat, your metabolism starts to work. So if you if you can't think of food or you're like, oh no, like I can't eat, like start with a banana and start adding things gradually. Like this is the time to train yourself to eat those foods prior to working out. Because if not, you're not gonna have any kind of success during that workout you're going to end up becoming tired because you don't have any energy stores. Everything's been depleted from sleeping. So well, by eating by eating some sugary, you know, like a gel, there's no nutrients there. So you don't actually gain but like a little jolt and then you're able to keep going. So I believe that it's important to eat prior to riding. Even if it's something small like we said a half a bar, give yourself about 20 minutes to get ready. You know, you eat your bar and then you get on your bike, whether it's outside or indoor trainer, and then you'll actually see. And if you're going to go for a long indoor training ride, then like you said, 30 minutes into it, have the other half and see how you feel. See how your body actually works with this. If you think that you're going to be able to perform and have the same output as you did without consuming, you may not feel as well and you're definitely not going to recover. Hmm. Hmm. I'm so glad you brought that up because there's like, there's this, there's this component, maybe of it's, it's society wide or, or there's just definitely, there's people that I talk with, whether they're my athletes or other folks where it's just kind of like, Hey, I, I feel better. Or like that restriction component makes you feel like you're getting more quality because I'm beating myself down. Right. I'm really forcing Mm -hmm. myself and it's taken, it takes a long time to really understand that. No, like, you shouldn't have to outsuffer your way into a quality training ride, right? Save that effort for race day. Save that effort for your big event, right? And so right. fueling workouts allows you to just naturally have a more potent workout and get more from the training you're doing, which means you're going to be at a new level of fitness when you tackle your big event. Because each workout is... It, it gives you a little bit of magic, right? Like if that's all it takes. We're not after like, you know, solving all your training problems in one big ride. We're just trying to get a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. And part of this is that nutrition element is that ha- that can go such a long way to helping people or ha- helping our athletes get better from or get more from the 
workout investment they're making, right? Get and stronger. So, thank you. Much better said. I was I was getting long in also, the tooth there. So you're, no, no, no. But you're getting stronger by fueling because you're able to push deeper, push harder because you have that energy that's going to continue to sustain you. So that is on top of that, you're going to recover well because you've fueled yourself during your workout, where if you've depleted, gone, started depleted, excuse me, and then continue to work out, you're in a negative state. So then in Mm -hmm. order to replenish that and to recover from that, you didn't actually make any gains. I I used to have a coach uh, years ago, Anka, back back when I was first starting racing and and the guy, uh, well, it's a friend of mine now, Neil Shirley. And he was like, he, he would always tell me, he and I would have conversations and our coach athlete conversations were, you know, this is 15 years ago now, but he would just tell mm-hmm. me, like, I would tell him, oh, I just have to suffer more. Right. Cause I was going after work and I would, you know, I'd work a 10 or 11 hour day. It was just in the construction business. We started at six 30 and like, mm-hmm. you know, it'd be work till five 30 and then get on my, my bike and go ride in the dark. And I would always tell him I would not hit the numbers or I'd get just at the bottom of the numbers he wanted me to achieve, but I would really just be struggling. And Mm -hmm. I would just be like, man, if I could just suffer more. Right. And he would always tell me, he's like, Brian, you don't have to suffer more. He's like, your mindset, like your, your mind is strong. Your body needs to be able to put out more. Right. And he wasn't saying that like I was inadequate, but the, the missing component in our conversation was, Hey, you can fuel that workout better or you can recover Mm -hmm. better before the next workout. That's what he was really getting at. And that's something I think about with our athletes all the time is, you know, often when they're just hitting the bottom of the numbers that that are prescribed, it's not because they're not trying hard enough. Like you can't try harder. Like all of our athletes that are listening to this podcast, I can tell you anyone listening to this podcast who's listened this far, you try hard enough. We're trying to talk about things that are going to help you still try at that same level, but get more quality from it. And that's why like this point Anka about eating and fueling, even, even for those early morning workouts is super important. Right. The fuel is what's going to, going to get you there. Like you said, like if you, if you had maybe fueled before, maybe at three 30 and then you got on your, or four 30, and then you got on your bike at five 30, you'd have something to go off of, but now you're exhausted from having worked your 10 hours or 12 hours and now you're trying and you're expecting so much out of yourself yet you don't have any reserves left you're even throughout the day mm. and and when you work out if you're going to exert uh you know a large amount of calories you're going to burn through more than what you're actually consuming so don't be afraid to eat thinking oh well if i ate i'm only burning what i ate and so most likely you're going to burn more than what you just ate and so then it's not like thinking, oh, well, you know, this for that, tit for tat, you know, like I'm, I'm just going to eat because I want to lose, you know, I want to be leaner on my bike, that kind of thing. Just kind of like you said, the power to weight ratio being so important, yet, yet you're going to burn more than you actually consume. Like you said, being able to burn six to 800 calories in an hour, some people. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. I I want to get into this this kind of real quick, this idea sure. of disordered eating. But before mm-hmm. we hit that, will you just, we wanted to talk about eating for morning training sessions and eating for late yeah. afternoon sessions and any highlights that we missed on late afternoon sessions. So you've been working, you know, been going, maybe you've been sitting at the, now you're zooming all day with whatever mm-hmm. you're doing in your work. 
you know, and now you're going to get up and be like, I'm fired up. I need to go ride. Right. Like, so do you have any thoughts for people in their traditional work setting and now the modified work setting, which maybe it's at home in front of a lot of screen time? Well, I'm I'm not sure what what any of you athletes out there are actually what were you were doing when you were working and then going to do your training ride afterwards. And if you had the energy and the output to successfully complete like what you were looking to gain from it. But, you know, the most important thing is still fuel, like make sure you're consuming, you know, maybe an hour before your ride something. And then when you start your ride, then start consuming some during your ride. Same thing, you know, make sure you're eating in the morning, not not being at a fasted state. You know, I, I usually do myself like a snack bar, 45 minutes to an hour before. If I do the whole thing, it's an hour before I work out. If it's just maybe 30 minutes before I start working out, I start with a half and then I eat the rest of it as I'm working out. And that just like gives you that energy because you've been sitting, you're, you're also using some energy as you're sitting and working and moving about, but you don't have the same energy stored. In, and so I think it like within 30 minutes of exercising, the glycogen that you do have in your muscles will be gone. And then you have nothing to continue that workout to give you that like, yeah, I'm pumped for this workout. You know, I'm ready to go. Yeah. You get, you get your warm up done and then you go to do your intervals and you're like, uh oh, empty. There's, hmm. Right. There's well, nothing maybe, in the tank. Yeah. Well, maybe that's another great way to bring in the, the snack bar concept of like, just like you said, like, hey, if you're going to get up at five o'clock in the morning, and be on the trainer by 525, right? Do mm-hmm. your workout and you want to eat a half a snack bar then, right? Right. You can do the same thing when you're getting ready for your afternoon workout. So you've gone throughout your day, you know, hey, maybe there hasn't, maybe you skimmed through lunch or or, or whatever. Eat mm-hmm. that bar as you're getting ready for your workout. And then by the time you get to your intervals, okay, cool. I have something to work with here. Right. Instead right, of saying, right. well, I'll, I'll eat when I'm 30 minutes in or then 30 minutes becomes 45 and 45 becomes an hour. And then you're like, well, I'm only going to ride for two hours or an hour and a half. Like why eat it all? Right. And then you arrive right. at dinner and now you just, you're starving and you didn't have a great workout. And now you eat the house down and you're like, oh, someone baked brownies. I'll have half the tray. Right. Like that, right. that sounds, I know I'm saying it in jest, but it happens all too often and, and more than we want to admit. And that's where it's like, slow down in the prep phase. You said at the very beginning of our podcast, you said, hey, a little bit of preparation goes a long way. And that's where we can just eat a little bit at the beginning, whether it's a half a bar or maybe even the whole thing, depending on what your day's been. And then you can go right into your workout and hit your intervals with quality and then be able to get out of there and go home and be like, cool, okay, I'm not going to like chew my hand off. This is good. Right. And, you know, depending on the duration of your workout depends on the amount you're going to consume. But, you know, same, same thing, you know, you need to have something in order to get you through. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Good, 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 good. Okay. Uh, Switching gears to this disordered eating stuff. Mm -hmm. So for everyone listening, um, you know, I'm not telling you something you don't already live with or something you don't already know, but, you know, there's a lot of culture and cycling that's around power to weight ratio and you should just eat less, right? You heard me say, hey, food is, you know, no food, no fat. You heard me say those things. Like, it sounds crazy and I'm saying it in jest, but like, it's a real thing, right? Like you go on the group ride and everyone's, everyone wants that, right? They want to be as lean as possible. But what we're here to tell you as coaches is that 
you being powerful, you being potent, power wins every time. And and Anka's been really, really strong on that from the snack bar side of like, hey, eating is fuel and fuel is going to help you perform better, right? And so when I asked her to talk, if she was comfortable talking about dis- disordered eating in endurance sport, I just wanted to to just broadly state like, I've known plenty of athletes, maybe they're in their 20s or they're misinformed or, 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 or even in their 30s, right? And it's like, well, it's calories in, calories out. So if I'm, you know, doing 2000 calories, then I'm going to eat 1500 and I'm going to lose a pound of, by the end of the week because I reduced calories by 500, right? And so, or mm-hmm. you've had the, you've, or you've had the other people that are like, hey, well, if I burn 2000 calories, and I, I can eat that 2000 calories in cheesecake and it's okay. Right. Because I didn't do it. And, and here you are this whole time having this conversation with me about eating, uh, eating food and fueling. And I just was hoping you could talk through us a little bit about disordered eating and like how we as athletes cannot fall prey to that because it's a part of our culture. And I want people to really like we're doing this big wheel benchmark and I want people to be their best. I want people to come out of this quarantine. I want our athletes to come out of here and be like, man, I'm ready to take on stuff. I, you know, it was tough times, but we're ready to rock. And so I was hoping you could chat through some of that with us. Sure. Um, by decreasing your calorie consumption, your body actually automatically burns less fat because all of a sudden it thinks like, your brain starts thinking, okay, where's my homeostasis? Like, where's this balance? Like you're taking away and you want me to expend just as much. And so it goes into like this survival mode. Like it's, it's almost like if you don't feed yourself, it doesn't know when it's going to get fed again. So it stores everything. And so if you feed constantly, it's like, well, yeah, I can just keep burning this. Um, and you're going to actually train really hard. So you're probably going to exceed the amount of calories consumed by calories burned by continuing to eat healthy versus putting your body in a state of starvation. And it's now in a, in a survival mode and it's storing everything. So your our bodies are, every person is different genetically, but our bodies are wired for eating and keeping it at a homeostasis or a balance. So, you know, depending on your genetics and your life experience, like that's how your your body works. It's wired for eating, for survival, like that that's just how we have those instincts in us. So by by putting yourself in a deficit, you're not doing yourself a favor, you think, and ultimately you'll lose water, you'll lose um muscle blast, you'll probably lose fat, which we think, oh, we we all want to lose fat. So by continuing to consume healthy foods and healthy fats, you will ultimately begin to burn fat. And instead of thinking, well, like you said, less is more. Um, when it comes to, you know, calories in versus calories out, cheesecake equaling 1500 calories versus, you know, food that you've consumed throughout the day for 1500 calories, um, your, your, the calories impact your hormones and health. So your body metabolizes sugar in a different way than it metabolizes protein. So let's just take sugar or carbohydrates, for example. 
if you take like a high fructose drink beverage or like a gel, um, you're going to increase your insulin sensitivity, which will then increase your blood sugar. And um, because you're just giving it a high amount of fructose at one time and it's in a liquid state where if you eat, for example, a piece of fruit, which is fructose, it now has fiber, it has water. And so your body metabolizes it different and you don't go into that spike of insulin, increase blood sugar, and then this crash afterwards. Your body's able to maintain itself much better, especially with the fiber. Of course, yes, a lot of fiber can slow down your digestive tract, but we're talking about like fruits and, and the sugars that they provide. So that was the example I was using. Does hmm. that? Oh, oh, that's lovely. Oh, that's lovely. So again, the idea is to, if we can constantly eat and we should have a good relationship with food and not yes. be worried about that, like, oh, did I earn it? Right. And, and we're starting again, we're starting to have these conversations with folks where with, with our athletes, where it's like, well, you know, I'm going to have to go out and do a big ride if I, if I want that, right. Whatever that mm -hmm. is, whether it's cheesecake or whatever, I'm just hoarding on cheese. By the way, guys, I'm not beating up on cheesecake because I just like cheesecake. I'm just telling you, <laughs> I'm using that as a simple example because I put that in my notes. Right. But, right. Um, I, I think that is, has been such a powerful thing because, um, you know, well, just to be overly candid with everybody, like, you know, in 2014, I think I was, I was fasting all the time and I was trying to do intermittent fasting. And then that was like, I just started doing it more and more and more. And I was getting leaner and I was seeing results. And so the idea was like, well, Hey, I'm, I'm better now. I'm better. And, and see, I'm lighter, I'm lighter. But what I had lost was muscle weight and I didn't have the power. So on a climb, it was like, Oh, Brian's great. But then I couldn't do my job in the race, right? Like I couldn't lead out. I couldn't attack. I had less matches. I had all this stuff, but it looked really good because the scale was like, hey, you know, I'm I'm the lightest I've ever been, right? And, and so what I would yeah. hope for people listening is that what we're trying to talk about is helping you perform your best. And doing that in a fueled state is always going to be better than in a non-fueled state, right? Like, so restricting your body... True is not going to, your, your body's not like, oh, don't worry. He's just trying to make me lose a few pounds. Don't worry, old buddy. We're just going to get rid of those love handles. That's not how it's going to work, <laughs> right? Like the body's going to be like, whoa, you're stressing me a lot because you said there's a hormone connection to the food we eat. And I think that's yes. very important for people to understand that the food we eat influences our hormones. So all of a sudden when you're talking about eating whole foods, that's helping us have more hormones. Right. And, and I wish maybe not more hormones. It's helping us regulate our hormones more appropriately. That's a better way to say Correct. it, I'm sure. But and, and when you have something like a man-made sugar or a high, you know, uh, a highly refined product that has a lot of sugar or preservatives, your body doesn't know what to do. Right. It'd be it'd be as, as crazy as you go to the gas pump and then you put half water in the tank because you're trying to like save money because you don't want to put a full tank of fuel in there and you figure well it's kind of half and half the the motor will figure it out like the 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 your combustion engine in your car would not know what to do right and that's kind of what happens with our bodies hence the storage of fat and and start catabolizing muscle tissue not good right. not good if you're an endurance cyclist not good if you're any athlete for that matter 
Right. And, and a lot of people think like, and kind of like what you're saying, like if you're restricting calories, you know, you're losing water, you're losing muscle, you're not losing what you're set out to mentally. Like you said, Oh, we're going to shed some of those love handles or, or the fat. <laughs> so like making sure you're, you're fueling with the right things and, and, and then you'll just burn those versus fueling with high sugar or eating those, you know, sugar laden things at the end of the day. Because if you don't actually utilize, then it gets stored. And that's where the fat comes from. Love that. Love that. Wonka, I've, I know you've got a busy day ahead of you. It's still Mother's Day and I've taken up so much of your time. I'm really, really thankful for your time. And we always close these podcasts out with a little gratuity. And it's just a free form thing. And I'm okay with leading. If you would like to go first, what, we're just, what are you thankful for on this Mother's Day? Well, I'm thankful for the opportunity to um, be able to be on this podcast, first of all, to have a relationship with everybody at Big Wheel Coaching, you and your wife and, and your son. Like you're great people and you provide so much knowledge and support to all of us cyclists. And I just I'm really happy to be able to sh share the knowledge that I have with um, nutrition and fitness in order to improve other people's lives. And, and I hope that you know, it gives them the ability to stride bigger and meet further goals that they have and, you know, um, just continue to work on, on getting better and being better. I love that, Anka. I love that. Well, we, we too are very, very, and I know I can speak for Joy and Seamus on this because he had so much fun spending time with you at Camp Big Wheel, but, uh, you know, we, we are yes. so thankful for you and Leon and just, like I said before, and I've kind of alluded to, I haven't always had the best relationship with food or, or thought of it as nutrition and, and, um, you know, and, and for, for frankly, nor has joy, right? Like she, she had to, you know, she shed a lot of weight as a younger woman, right. In, in college. Right. So I'm very, very thankful for you because you're empowering us with knowledge and it makes it, that helps us have confidence so that we can do the right things. Right. Because there's yeah. so much noise out there saying, eat less fast more, you know, uh, you know, eat this, not that. Right. And you're just like, Hey, here, here's a, here's, I love French fries and here's how you can make them at home with avocado oil instead. So you can enjoy French fries and eat whole foods. I'm like, wow, that's so simple. So I, right. I, I just can't thank you enough. And then obviously the bars are just so delicious. I, I was like everyone at camp big wheel. So for all of you listening, Everyone at Camp Big Wheel got like this wild spread of snack bar options every day. And literally all they ate on the ride was snack bars. It was amazing. And there were so many varieties, like so many flavors. Everyone loved them. And so I really, really like that was just because that was something you insisted on, Anka. You were like, nope, yes. I want to make sure everyone has all this because I want them to be able to have what they want. And the feedback was incredible, right? Like everyone was like, man, these it are was. super, super, super. Yeah, they were super good, right? And like no one, there was, it was just as a guy who's always been, and, and uh, this is my, this is my bias here as a guy who's always been like cost per calorie, right? Like back in the old school days, I would just buy pop tarts because you could get a lot of calories for a little bit of price, right? Bad idea, Brian. But now I'm able to go, wait a second. Now I can really appreciate the, the snack bar, all the superfoods in them, all the organic ingredients, and just the care and the love that you put into it to make it something special that we can enjoy. And, and I, I'm just, 
I'm so thankful for that, Anka, and, and because it's it it really is special. You know, it's not just something that we're talking about here on the podcast uh, because this is what you do. This is this is your passion, and I'm really really thankful for that. And I hope that everyone will go onto the Snack Bar website because it's new and it looks super cool. And go check it out. Check out all the ingredients. Go to that ingredients page. I was scrolling through it um, here. It's amazing, right? And it's so thorough. So check that out and. If you want to order some stuff, use BWC20. And Anka, does it have to be capitals BWC or is it, no, does it matter? No, it's not, it's not case sensitive. So it doesn't matter. And, um, you know, keep looking at or checking back at the website because I'm creating a recipe tab. So there'll be recipes for you to become creative with at home in order to continue to support your fitness needs, your cycling endurance. And, um, yeah, hopefully some videos as well. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, good. I know we're going to have to do another one of these, Anka, because you're yes. just a wealth of knowledge and well, really, really thankful. Well, and we really need thankful. you on ours. Yes, well, and we well, also well. need you to come. Done. And you enjoy, Done. definitely. Oh, yeah. so we'll oh be, we got to get we'll Mama Joy. That. Yes. Good. good. Well, for all of you guys at home, um, you know, we're doing this Big Wheel Benchmark Challenge. And if you haven't heard about it, it's just super simple. We want we want you to set a new benchmark for yourself in these really challenging times. We've been going through it. You can join at any time. It's totally free. And uh, we just want you to set a benchmark for yourself. Do a little baseline effort, maybe on one of your favorite climbs or your favorite loops. And then challenge yourself to set a new benchmark, train with a purpose, and then come back, retest in a couple of weeks and get better. And so uh, we've got that that challenge is kind of going to be wrapping up all the way. At, well, I shouldn't say wrapping up. It's going all the way through May. So we'll get that going. And then uh, Big Wheel Coaching is going to send you a little uh, little package. We're going to send you a little gift bag. And uh, we might have to, uh, Anka, you How and I fun. have to work yeah. on this. We're going to have to maybe put a little snack bar love in there somehow. So yeah, absolutely. you and I will work on that. But for anyway, sure. that's total, totally on us. Like, it's for free. All you got to do is, like, you know, it helps us if you tag or hashtag Big Wheel Benchmark so that we can send you something. But, you know there's no buy-in or anything like that. So everyone at home, check out the big wheel benchmark, you know, go out and test yourself and just know that there are a lot of, yeah, what cool, right? Like, and it doesn't, it's yes. only relative. You're only testing yourself against yourself. You don't even have to test Correct. yourself against you 10 years ago. You just have to be like, Hey, I tested, you know, three weeks ago or a week ago, or even next Tuesday. And I went up at, you know, this climb in 10 minutes or in 30 minutes or five minutes. Awesome. And then you can go, okay, I'm going to train with this effort in mind. We're here for advice and resources. If people want to ask us how they might train for that, please reach out to us. We'd love to help you. And then go on from there and then come back, retest, and then go, wow, like I got really, I got better, right? And we just want to help give people a little bit of guidance and a little bit of direction in this time because, you know, we're aiming creatures. We are athletes and we are aiming creatures and what we get what we aim at. And so we want you to aim high. We want you to be super successful. And this is our best way to help you. So and I can't thank you enough, Anka, for being here for this. This is great. Thank you. It was, an, it was yeah. a pleasure. I really enjoyed it. Anything that you want to add, Anka? Anything about Snack Bar? Anything about uh, any of the other topics that maybe needs to be said or reiterated? No, I, I mean, like all of the information that I provided, I'm, I'm more than glad to elaborate on anything future. If, if anybody has any questions that's listening, you can always contact me through snackbar.com. There's a, you know, a, a comment section where you can send an email. Um, if you have questions in regards to like food allergies or those types of things, um, 
I am, I'm willing to help you in any way possible. So please uh, don't hesitate. Oh, we can attest to that too. You guys have just been all, all the athletes at Camp Big Wheel and, and, uh, and our athletes have been raving about the stuff and whenever they have questions, it gets addressed. So we, uh, yes, Camp, we love seeing everyone love- support, supporting you guys. That's awesome. Yes, and, and um, Camp Big Wheel was a, a, an amazing experience, and we're really looking forward to your future camps coming up. And, and people who haven't attended, they need to attend because it's something that you'll never experience in your life again. Oh, that's cool. That's that's sweet of you to say. Well, good. Well, everyone, uh, check the show notes here uh, at the bottom or in our email and our newsletter because uh, there's the discount code. It's just BWC20 for Snack Bar. We've also got one for GQ6. We've got one for Backmate Self Massagers. Got one for Expedo pedals. They're just awesome, awesome pedals, and they're big fans of Big Wheel. So we're, we're stoked on that, and we're excited to be able to pass along savings on great products to you guys because, well, who doesn't who doesn't want to be able to have cool stuff and, and get a discount on it too? So really excited about it. So if you guys uh, check that out, and as always, uh, we're so thankful for you, Anka, and I want to tell everyone to be safe train hard, have fun, and we will see you on the next episode.